All right, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we praise and we thank you so much, Lord, for all you are and all you do. I thank you for bringing us here today that we could hear your word spoken. And I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you would grow us. You would draw us close. You would tell us who we are and what you've got for us to do, Lord. Remind us of our purpose this day. Give us ears to hear the message that your spirit would speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, how many people are on Facebook? Oh, a lot of hands. I was surprised to see a lot of hands in the early service on Facebook, too. They're all on Facebook. Um, I don't have a whole lot of time to be on Facebook, but like once or twice a week, I try and hop on, scroll through, and see like what my friends are posting. I try and, you know, catch up on what's going on in their lives, and um, I, not, not really a whole lot on Facebook that's all that important, do you think? I don't know. And yet, and yet, I, every week, just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Um, uh, I see a lot of recipes. I see a lot of memes. I see a lot of political posts, which I just scroll right past. And, um, and once in a while, I get to see, like, a cute picture. We have some family in California. I get to see pictures of, you know, them and, and my friends and their grandchildren and their kids. And that's really what uh, I Facebook for, you know, is to see what's going on with the people that I care about. Um, anyway, a lot lately, I've been seeing these, like, one-question quizzes. Does anybody see those, like, personality tests? What kind of pizza would you be if you were a pizza? I, I, I like, like to think I'd be a big old party pizza with, like, all the toppings so there's something that'll make everybody happy, you know what I mean? But what does that have to do with your personality? I don't know, and yet... I'm scrolling past all these personality tests. What Marvel superhero do you most identify with? Why? And yet, I find myself thinking, um, do I climb walls like Spider-Man? No, but uh, sometimes I, like, hulk out when I get mad. At, you know, you can ask Carl about that. But that's not really any good describer of my personality. When I was in seminary, they had me take a test uh, called Myers-Briggs. Anybody take the Myers-Briggs test? Yeah. Did you like it? I was talking to Matt this morning. He was looking over my sermon notes. He goes, you're going to talk about Myers-Briggs. I love the Myers-Briggs test. And I thought, oh, I hated the Myers-Briggs test. I had to answer like 96 questions. And then the professor gave me like four letters that were supposed to describe what my personality was like. Um, the letters are like thinker and feeler and extrovert and introvert and I don't know. And then you can take your four letters and you can see what animal you're most like. And I think, I, I, I don't know. I, could, I think I'm like a bear. <laughs> because, you know, I can be cuddly and snuggly. But go ahead and cross me, and I will show my teeth. I don't know. Go after my kids. I'm like a mama bear, you know? But whatever. I, that's not what Myers-Briggs told me. I didn't understand what Myers-Briggs said because it's really complicated. But it's important that we know our personality traits, folks. And, and because God gave you your personality. Your personality is a gift that was given to you by God in order that you might use that personality to fulfill your God-given purpose in life, okay? We've been talking over the past few weeks about this book that, um, that we are reading through, and I recommend it for you. It's called Shape, 
finding your, and fulfilling your unique purpose for life. And we've been considering the five things that make up the acronym SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E, and they are behind me, I hope. Yes, they are. Spiritual gifts, those are the talents and the abilities that you receive when you receive Jesus as your Savior and therefore get the Holy Spirit. They're your spiritual gifts. We've been talking about heart. Pastor Johnson spoke with us a couple of weeks ago about what do you love to do? What do you love to do? And he said, what breaks your heart? Because what breaks your heart is what's going to drive you into service. It's going to spur you forward to do something about that thing that breaks your heart. Today we're talking about personality. That is the way you engage and interact with the people around you. Next week we're going to look at experiences, the goods and the bads all that have helped to shape you into the person that you are today. And so personality. What is personality exactly? I looked it up in the, in the Webster's Dictionary. It has nothing to do with the kind of pizza you are most like or the super, superhero that you identify with. All those things say something about you, but that is not your personality. Personality, by definition, is this. The combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character. Personality is a person's way of behaving or interacting in this world. And so all of those personality tests aside, the word of God tells us that you and I are all uniquely made. Remember, we are God's masterpiece. We are beautifully and wonderfully and uniquely made. And we all behave in different ways. We all have different personalities. And that's a good thing, folks, because remember, we all have different jobs. We've been learning that for the last several weeks. Everybody's got a different job. And so it's just fitting that God would give everybody a different personality in order to help accomplish all of those different purposes. And so we don't need Myers-Briggs to tell us who we are um, and how we behave. God's word tells us who we are and how we behave. It describes us, it instructs us according to our personalities. Now, what does God's word say? Well, right from the mouth of our Lord Jesus, we hear these words, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Now, what does that have to do with my personality, you might ask? I'm glad you asked, because I got an answer for you. Here's what. Each of us inherently have some of each of those four qualities. Those are four ways that you and I interact with God and with the people around us. Some of us are talkers, some of us are feelers, some of us are thinkers, and some of us are doers. Talkers, feelers, thinkers, doers. Now, while we all have a bit of each of those four personality traits, we tend to lean toward one of them in most of our interactions with the people around us and with our God. So I want to see who we have here. Do me a favor and raise your hand if you think you are a talker. Couple. All right, there's a couple. There's a couple. How about, put them down. What if you, uh, who's a feeler? Who's a feeler in this church? Okay, all right. How about thinkers? We got any thinkers? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Doers? Who's the doers? All right. Who has no personality and therefore didn't raise your hand? Oh, there's one in every crowd. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's see what God says in his word about who we are and about how our personalities help us to serve him and serve others. We're going to do it based on this scripture. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. So 
The first one is talkers. Talkers love God with their hearts. Talkers love God with their hearts. Psalm 4010 says this, I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart. Instead, I have talked about your faithfulness and saving power. I have told everyone of your unfailing love and faithfulness. See, talkers just don't keep the good news of God to themselves. They tell everyone. They share it. When talkers talk, they share what it is that's in their heart. Jesus said this in Matthew 12, 34. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, some of you might accuse me of being a talker. I might talk your ear off if you let me. But it's only because I get so excited about what God is doing that I just can't keep it to myself, okay? It overflows from my heart, which is so full of God and the Holy Spirit and so excited about his love, and it just overflows out of my heart, spills out of my mouth. And that's okay because God says that there's a purpose for the talkers in his kingdom. And the purpose is communication. Talkers are here for communication. Talkers love and serve God by telling others about God. And through sharing their words, they help bring healing to those who are in need, to broken lives. Proverbs 12, 18 says this, the word of the wise brings healing. So God's word encourages us over and over to be talkers, to talk about God to other people. There's a story in Mark chapter 5, you may recall it, where Jesus healed a man who was suffering from demon possession. He cast out the demons. And then the Lord turned to that man and he said, go home and tell everyone what the Lord has done for you. Go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell. We're commanded over and over and over again in God's word to go and tell what the Lord has done. See, when you're healed, when you're cured, when you're saved, when you're given new life and a new purpose, how can you keep that in? You can't if you're a talker. And so you go and you tell everyone who will listen how much you love God and what he has done for you in your life. Talkers love God with their hearts and they serve him through communication. And that helps them to fulfill their God-given purpose. Now, there is a warning in the Bible about those people who are talkers. Okay, because in the book of James, chapter 3, James reminds us that the tongue, even though it's a teeny tiny little thing, can have a big impact. And there is some danger in just letting everything that is in your heart come out across your tongue. Okay, because we are human and there are things down there in our heart that are not of God. And if we aren't careful, those of us who are talkers can do harm just as easily as we can do good. And so the challenge for you and me who are talkers is this. Make sure that you love the Lord your God with the words that proceed across your tongue from your heart. How do you do that? Don't let me tell you how you do that. You use loving words. You use encouraging words. You use words that build up and that lovingly correct. That's how talkers love God with their hearts. And there's so many ways that the talkers in our sanctuary can love God with your hearts. You can teach in Sunday school. 
You can sit and counsel with a person who is having hardship. You can tell your friends and your kids and your family and your co-workers all about God. You can offer words of encouragement to those who need it. And you can use those words that come out of your mouth to tell your God that you love him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and all your strength. And so the first personality type is the talkers. The second one I want to talk about today are the feelers. Feelers love God with their souls. Now the word soul in the Bible is used in many different ways, but more often than not, it is used as a synonym for our emotions. In the book of Psalms, the word soul is almost always used as a synonym for our emotions. Now let me help you understand that you and I have emotions because we have been made in the image of God. Imago Dei. That's the, the, how you describe it in Greek. And that doesn't mean that we look like God. Made in the image of God doesn't mean we look like God. It means that we have characteristic traits that God has. See, in scriptures, we read that our God, he can get angry. And our God gets happy. And our God gets sad. And our God loves and God gave you and me the ability to have all of those characteristics and emotions as well. So in the book of Psalms, we hear all about the emotions of the soul. There are psalms about the downcast soul. And there are psalms about the troubled soul. And psalms about the satisfied soul. And the yearning soul. And the joyful soul. And the bitter soul. The thirsty soul. And the delighted soul. Now some people aren't reading the Psalms, and they're not in touch with their emotions. But the feelers, the feelers are way in touch with their emotions. They are emotional people. And you can usually tell who the feelers are in the room because they wear their heart on their sleeve. Now, I know that I'm a feeler because I will literally feel your emotions along with you. If you are sad, I am crying with you. And if you are happy, I am rejoicing with you. I cannot tell you how often I have gone into the delivery room with a, parent, with a set of parents who I literally just met that day. I don't even know them that well. And when their baby is born and he's crying and kissing her and she's crying, they're thanking God for this beautiful baby. And I'm wiping the tears while I'm trying to clean up the baby. I am crying right along with them. That's because I am a feeler through and through. Now, how do you know if you're a feeler? Well, if you're a feeler, I bet you love the book of Psalms. Psalm 42.1 says this, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants after you, O God. I love that psalm. Who loves that psalm? And there's a song that they wrote to go with it, and I love the song, too. I should have called Donna and asked her if we could do that song today, and I didn't think of it. How about the song that says, This is the air I breathe. I love that one. And I'm desperate for you. Next time we sing that song, open your eyes and look around. The feelers in the room are going to have their eyes closed and their hands in the air. And they feel desperate for God because he is the air that they breathe. And the thinkers, they're just standing there saying, well, of course there's air. We need air to breathe. Of course there's air. But the feelers, man, they feel it in the depth of their soul. And it's just that we have different personalities. And that's okay because God doesn't expect every single person to act the same. That would be boring. 
But here's God's purpose for the feelers. It's compassion. It's to show compassion. See, in this world, we need certain people who can have compassion and who can show understanding when understanding is needed. Ephesians 4.32 says this, Be kind and compassionate to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Sometimes when you're sad or when you're confused, the only person who can help you see your way through is the person who understands what's going on in their very soul. You know, our God is a compassionate God. And the feelers of this world, they represent that aspect of God in this world. And so if you're a feeler, how can you love God? How do you love God if you're a feeler? You do it by sitting with somebody who's going through a difficult time in their life. You do it by walking with them and sharing your feelings with them. You know, I worked in addiction for three and a half years, and the people that I know who are successful in recovering from addiction are successful because they have someone in their lives, a sponsor, usually a feeler, who has been through their situation and who can show them compassion and who can remind them that God loves and cares for them through it all. Feelers love God by showing compassion to those in need in the name of God. And so we have some who are talkers and some who are feelers, and then there are the ones who are thinkers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Thinkers love God with their minds. Thinkers love to study the Bible. Did you know that you can love God with your intellect? When you're doing intellectual activities, you are bringing glory to God because you are using that which God gave you in order to grow and become more productive in his kingdom. Pastor Johnson is a thinker. If I ever met a thinker in my life, that man is a thinker. Y'all heard him last week talking about pivot tables and getting all excited over those, right? He brings glory to God through boring pivot tables, okay? And he gets joy from that. But let me tell you something else. God gets joy from that. God gets joy from seeing our pastor Johnson use his intellect to teach us and to formulate ministries and to see the big picture of how this church can grow and foster change in the community that we serve. Thinkers have an important purpose in God's kingdom and that is that they bring consideration. Lamentations 3.40 says this, we should think about the way we are living and turn back to the Lord. It's the thinkers who help us interpret the scriptures. It's the thinkers who can work through a tough problem and bring a solution to the table that the rest of us could not see. And so if you're a thinker, how do you serve God? Well, this world needs scientists, and it needs physicians, and it needs teachers and innovators and inventors to help the rest of us along in our walks. And so if you're a thinker, you're loving God with your mind, and you're helping others in his name and on his behalf by using your intellect. So we got talkers, we got feelers, we got thinkers, and last but not least, folks, we have the doers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. The doers are the get-or-done people, right? The workers, 
the servers, the achievers, the accomplishers. Doers are the ones who are not afraid to roll up their sleeves and do whatever it is that has to be done. They are obedient and they are not afraid to work hard. And God's got a purpose for the doer as well. And it is contribution. Psalm 116, 16 says this, and I'm reading it from the message because I like that one. Oh God, here I am, your servant, your faithful servant. Set me free for your service. And Romans 12, 1 says this, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Doers worship God by doing just like it sounds. They build houses. They carry groceries for people who are in need. They do whatever task is necessary. Doers in this church can serve God by being ushers, by being trustees, by being worship helpers. You can mow the lawn for a fellow church member who's not able to do it for himself or rake their leaves. Doers can love and serve God simply by doing whatever it is that needs to be done. My husband Carl, he's a doer. And he will tell you that all of his life he has painted walls and he's fixed roof and he's done plumbing all of his life. But painting walls and fixing roofs and doing plumbing took on a whole new meaning when he did it on a mission trip in the name and in the service of our Lord God. Because when we use what we have, when we use our personalities to show love to God and the people that God loves, we fulfill our purpose. And when we fulfill our purpose, God is pleased. And we feel whole and we feel blessed and rewarded. Each of us, church, has a different personality. And each of us has a different calling through which to use that personality. I implore you, I beg you, be who you are. Be who God made you to be. And be that person while you're doing what God has laid before you to do. There are literally a million ways in which you can use your beautiful and unique personality to love God and to serve others. So get out there. That's my challenge for you. Get out there. Be a talker. Be a feeler. Be a thinker. Or be a doer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. Amen.